Amen. I'm going to pray because it's been a while since I've been up here preaching since I was uh, sick there in December and part of January. And so it's good to be back in the pulpit sharing the word of God. Amen. And so I'm excited about what the Lord's put on my heart. Shelly kind of broke us in last week and the week before. She did a great job of starting to talk about family. And so today we're, we're, we're continuing that series about creating healthy families. And do you realize that this church is only as healthy as our families are healthy? If our families are dysfunctional, guess what? We'll have dysfunctional relationships here in the church. You guys realize that? And so the Lord really spoke to us the beginning of the year that this was going to be a year where God was going to emphasize family, but he was also going to bring joy to this house. And so right now we're in this, this journey of talking about families and creating healthy families. And so today I shared a little bit last week about what I was going to talk about today. But uh, does anybody have any dysfunction in their personal family? If you have a hand, please raise it up high. Now, we're not confessing that in a way, but you know, there are relationships that are broken. There are things in our natural families that just aren't operating quite normal. And there's not a person here who doesn't have some level of dysfunction within their family. And so what we're going to do today, and Shelly did a great job of how You know, you come into this church family with the dysfunction and the problems of your own family, and that that family of origin has a way of spilling into the house of God, okay? And so the way you uh, deal with conflict in your home at home, maybe you carry that same level of uh, conflict, how you deal with conflict even in the church, right? Or how you solve problems, or how you create problems. Problems. (laughs) There's nobody here creating problems, right? But how how does God want to speak to us today? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your anointing. You're doing something in this house. Mm, You are doing something in this house. And, Father, we desire to be the family of God. We desire God to care for one another. We desire God to to allow your kingdom to come and your will to be done in our natural families and in our spiritual family, our church family. So today, Father, I ask in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let there come an impartation of wisdom and revelation today. Father, I pray that people would begin to, the lights would begin to come on today of levels of dysfunction that they may be walking in so that, Father, we can walk in health, so that we can bring our natural and our spiritual family to a greater place of spiritual health. So, Father, help us to create healthy families. Help us, God, today to to humble ourselves in such a way when you prick our hearts, when you start knocking on our hearts in areas, God, that you're going to expose today. Father, give us the courage, as Tom talked about, to press in, to press into those maybe dark places to bring the kingdom of heaven to it. And so, Father, I thank you for that, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Amen. So I'm going to start today. Uh, Tom shared a prophetic word that he and Shelly had received when they were out in uh, Kansas City. And I, I wanted to go back to that prophetic word because that is kind of where we're going with this series on the family. And so I want to just recap the prophetic word if I could. And this is the prophetic word that was spoken in Kansas City. I will not tolerate the dysfunction of my family any longer. Stop. And I will remove the grace that is covering their weaknesses. The Lord in this season is removing the grace that covered their longtime sins, or I could say, I think you could replace sins with dysfunction, and is replacing it with grace to overcome them. So there is a correction that the Lord is bringing to the family of God and to our natural families, but he says good news. There's a grace that's coming, and I even felt that grace this morning. There's an empowerment that's coming from God to break the dysfunction in our families and in our church families. Then he said, that means the dysfunction of our relationships won't be tolerated. Everybody say, ouch. The, that means the dysfunction of our relationships will not be tolerated. And so I want to go into, I don't want to talk about dysfunction. I want to go into what do healthy families do? Um, I, I want to get there, but, but we, I, 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 that word dysfunction kept ringing to me. And I wanted to just kind of look at what dysfunction actually means. We have many medical people even here. When your body starts to dysfunction, it has dysfunction in it. It doesn't, it doesn't operate right. But the, the dysfunction, if you look it up in the dictionary, it literally means a consequence of a social practice or behavior pattern that undermines the stability of a family or even a church. Abnormal or impaired functioning. I know in my own personal family, there is some dysfunction that I have been praying over. I'm not talking to my immediate family. I'm talking about brother-in-law, sister-in-law, extended family members. It's like, how in the world did the enemy get in there and bring such dysfunction? Anybody there? How in the world did that kind of dysfunction get in our family? I see you guys going, oh, dang, you haven't been in my family lately. Come over. You know, come to my house on Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, I know. Uh-huh, I know, we all have some dysfunction in our families. But these practices and this behavior that sometimes we don't realize is not normal. We've grown up with social patterns, we've grown up with social behaviors that, that our family of origin has brought onto us, and we just think they're normal. We just think everybody acts that way. Well, the good news is the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. We have to find out what the kingdom of heaven says and we bring the kingdom of heaven down to our relationships, right? Can I have an amen on that? And so I don't know what kind of social practices or behavior patterns your family does, but there's some in my family. And I'm just pretty sure your family's a lot like my family. There's things like fear, control, and manipulation in my family of origin. Anybody got any of that out there? Come on. Yeah. Ain't going to tolerate it, right? But it's there. How about social anxiety? How about pride? How about avoiding people? How about how do you navigate conflict within your family? How, about, how, how well do you forgive? 
How do you hold grudges? Maybe gossip. How do you treat your spouse? How about your anger? Those are social practices. Those are social behaviors that literally undermine the stability of the family and the church of God. And God says, I will not tolerate that any longer. How many are in for not letting God tolerate that and breaking some of that garbage off your family? Because I'm telling you, it seeps into the church quicker than hair on the dog's rear end. It does. Because it's hanging out at your home. And then you want to hang it out here, and I say, uh-uh, it, ain't, it don't belong in the house of the Lord. Can I have an amen on that? And so we're going to go there today, and we're going to break some of that stuff off. Amen? So I just want to set the stage. A healthy family is where we learn our building blocks of our character. I mean, your family, when you're growing up in your home as a child, that family structure is where you're supposed to get the character, the, the, how you treat people, it, it, it's, it's how you learn self-control, it's how you learn to share, it's how you learn to love, it's how you learn to do relationships. Right? And some people get training and equipping and get great parenting, and some people don't get great parenting. Sometimes the parents are absent. Absent. And sometimes uh, it's a volatile environment, right? But healthy family is where you learn how to deal with conflict and confrontation. It's where you learn self-control and your limitations. It's where, it's where you learn how to set healthy boundaries. And God wants us to realize that even if you didn't get that, that there is grace in this hour to overcome the dysfunction that you were given. That you don't have to stu stay stuck in the muck. Amen. Amen? And so I really believe God's going to do something. I really believe he's already prepared us even this morning as worship was so sweet. And Kelsey shared her own fear and anxiety and, uh, of, of worship. And Tom shared what he shared. And it's just amazing how God sets us up. Isn't God good? Yes. Amen. And so I'm hoping to add some of that to that. But healthy family is where you also uh, learn what right and wrong is but with a dysfunctional family sometimes those those lines get blurred right and wrong gets blurred how we resolve conflict gets blurred how we deal with other people how we relate with other people many times in a dysfunctional family that gets blurred correct and we don't learn how to deal with that kind of stuff but one of the best ways I believe other than reading the word and allowing the word to wash over you and finding out how God wants you to do things. What I felt like the Lord put on my heart is sometimes we don't move to what a healthy family looks like because we don't know what it looks like. We don't know what the trait of a healthy family looks like because all we've been surrounded by is unhealthy relationships and dysfunction. And so I really today, I've got about I'm only going to cover three today, but I've made a list of about 10 traits or 10 things that healthy families do. 
And this isn't just a list that is biblical. This is a list that comes from much research. I've been doing research on what psychologists are saying, what, what, what counselors are saying, people who have given their whole life to healthy families. And there's about 10 things that if you'll do these 10 things, if you'll allow the God to move in these 10 areas of your life, you will have a healthy family. And my goal is to not only move us from healthy family, but this is a corporate issue as well. God is wanting to make New Covenant a healthier place. Amen. Amen. So one of the best ways to grow and strengthen your family and to break out of the dysfunction is to understand what a healthy family looks like. Okay? So that's where we're going to go. Because in this season, God has re is releasing grace for this. And the anointing of God is on this. And as God is going to help you change the dysfunction of your family. And I just declare it and I prophesy it in the name of Jesus. There's going to be marriages restored. There's going to be relationships between father and son restored. There's going to be relationships between mothers and daughters and fathers restored in Jesus' name. There are going to be sons and daughters come home. They have been in rebellion. They're going to return to the Lord. I prophesy to the north, the south, and the east, and the west. Come home, the children of God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And there is going to be a grace that comes from the Spirit of God that helps us to overcome the dysfunctions of our family that have caused children to wonder, that have caused other th uh, the ones to leave. And even as a sign, a prophetic sign today, there are many who are here today who have been a part of this church and aren't here a lot. And I say, I'm glad you're here. Welcome home. Welcome back. That is a sign of what God is doing to me, even in our midst. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the, praise the Lord. I praise God for what Tom is doing right now in the Love and Logic class, because even what he is doing in that class, he's helping the parents learn how to change the way they think and the processes they use in parenting. And that's all part of what we're going through right now. Amen. So today, I'm going to cover three characteristics. If you've got your bulletin, there's a place to take notes. I hope you have an ink pen. If you don't have an ink pen, put it on your iPhone or your phone. Do it whatever it takes. I really want to encourage you to write these things down. I want you to take them home. I want you to pray over them. I want you to ask the Lord, okay, God, these three areas, where do I stack up? Where, where am I dysfunctional in these three areas? And today, what's going to happen as I go over these three things? I'm telling you, the light bulb's going to come on. There's going to be a place where God convicts you and go, ooh, I, I, I have some dysfunction there. I'm, I, the Spirit of God is wanting me to deal with this area, and you're going to be able to take it home and deal with that area. So please, take this serious. The Word of the Lord is coming to us right now. Not Eric, but the Word of the Lord is coming to us. I want healthy families in this house. I will not tolerate the dysfunction of relationships in this house. In Jesus' name, are you with me? Okay, so number one, you ready? Number one, healthy families share a spiritual commitment. Healthy families share a spiritual commitment. The fear of the Lord is what informs their decisions as a family. Now, what I mean by that is we literally seek to do God's way of doing things rather than our own way of doing things. What does Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say? 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God and he will direct your path. He will make your path straight. So we, healthy families, what they do is they remove the control of the family from themselves and they put God on the throne and say, God, how do you want this family to operate? How do you want me to respond to my son who's acting like a rear end? How do you want me to do this? So healthy families share a spiritual commitment. Families that are divided in this area are not healthy. When moms and dads are not on the same page, how in the world will the children be on the same page? If one, one wants to go to this church and one wants to go to that church and there's not a, a, a unity of, and a spiritual commitment to the Lord to, as a family, that family will not be healthy. The word of God is true. Can I have an amen on that? And a, spirit, a family who, who is going to be healthy, healthy families share a spiritual commitment to the word of God. And doing things God's way. I can, I'm sure my kids got tired of it. Are you going to do it your way or God's way? Remember that Abraham as a son? Young one, yeah. I would say, are you going to do it your way or God's way? It's up to you. God's way always works better, doesn't it, Michael? It always works better. So being committed to God and his way of life gives families a sense of purpose together. And God's word provides guidelines for living. Healthy families teach a strong sense of right and wrong about God. Now, here's where I want to go with this, this spiritual commitment. And this is where it's really, really on my heart. And we have some exciting things that are going to be coming up in the church that's going to help families do this. But God is wanting this spiritual commitment. He is wanting moms and dads teaching their children spiritual disciplines he is wanting your kids from knee high to a grasshopper all the way to teens he's wanting you to be the spiritual leaders of your children he is wanting you to pour into them he is wanting you to get the word of god in them he is wanting you the church is not the one that is responsible to put the word of god in your children and so many parents have abdicated that responsibility. Hear me. They have abdicated. They have removed the responsibility of teaching and equipping their children, and they've given it to the church. And they say, you teach my kid. I can't handle them. And so the church gets blamed all the time. I can tell you over the last 20-some years, well, you guys aren't working hard enough on my kids. And the blame is cast towards the church. And I love what Thomas said, you know, either the church is going to be a period, an exclamation mark, you know, but what, what, should, what it should be is whenever you come here and we're teaching, we should be giving an exclamation mark to what you're already doing at home. We should be putting a loud exclamation point at the end of your child's 
learning and you should be going, oh, wow, they are helping me. The church is helping me do what I need to do. And so there's some neat things that we're going to do in the future where we're going to help equip parents to help. What are the stages that your kids are going through? What are the things that they need? And help equip you to be equipping your children. Because right now in our culture, and it's not just in the church, parents are not, they are not, they are not training and equipping their children. And I'll tell you, I'll be, I'll be honest, I struggled getting the word in my kids. The fear that I had, and it was fear-related, okay? What, what, what do you think a preacher's fear would be when he's trying to get the word of God in his kids? I don't want to raise a PK. I don't want to force the word on them. I, I, I'm afraid that if I force the word of God on them, they'll rebel. Anybody had those feelings? And so, in some ways, I backed up from my responsibility in raising my kids. Now, were there times where we, in, in, in our family, what we used was picture Bibles when they were little? And it was funny, even after they were little, it's funny, man. Joel, my son Joel, he loved those picture Bibles. I think he was 18 before he quit using them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, we had to buy him another one because he would ravishly go through that picture Bible. And there was reading too, but he learned the stories of the word of God through it. But man, it, he, he had this unsatiable desire to see it, to see pictures. He learns by seeing. And so it's amazing. But there were things that we did as a family to pour the word of God. But the biggest thing that I tried to model was I tried to model the word. I tried to model the word and how God wants me to, to live my life. I would repent to my kids. I would ask them to forgive me when I fell short. I bloodied Abraham's nose one time because I overreacted in the car and he sassed and I went like that and popped him in the mouth and I got his nose. Remember that? He still needs therapy. <laughs> I can remember when Joel was in junior high and we're trying to learn how to do God's ways and gosh, man, Joel come home from practice, from ba basketball practice and he was like, dad, man, I, these two guys just won't quit bullying me and he was crying and he was just all worked up and he was, he was just really struggling. Man, old dad hairs raise up. <laughs> Who is it, boy? <laughs> oh, I know those boys. Mm-hmm. The flesh was ready to take care of business. Anybody been there? And me and Joel started praying. And this is teaching your kids, guys. This is where it's at. This is healthy families share a spiritual commitment. And so Joel and I started praying. And like, what do we, what do we need to do? You know. And uh, so we start looking for scriptures. Because what, what, do, what do healthy families do? They learn to do it God's way, not their own way. What did my flesh want to do? Who do you think my flesh? What do you think my flesh wanted to do? Come on. Your flesh wants to do it. What would you have done? Put it on Facebook and slam them? Give them a one-two kick butt? What, I mean, really, you, you want to take charge. You want to take, take charge and do it your way. But God has a way. Tell me, God has a way. God has a way. It may not seem right to you, but in the end it produces life. And the life that the word of God produced was pray for those who despitefully use you. Bless them. Do not curse them. 
And so Joel and I began to pray every night when we went to bed. Oh God, bless blank and bless blank in the name of Jesus. Reveal yourself to them. God, forgive them. They're inadequate. They're insecure. They're trying to be this or whatever. And we began to bless them. We began to bless them. And then Joel had to forgive and release them. And then guess what happened? Within two weeks, two weeks, I know I've told this story before. Within two weeks, it quit. Now, what would have happened if I would have brought the kingdom of darkness to that situation instead of the kingdom of light? Joel would probably got kicked out of school. I'd have had some problems also. Family. <laughs> I might still not be out of jail. <laughs> Really. And I'm going to talk about those other, these other things, but how do you deal with conflict? Hopefully the Holy Spirit's convicting you right now. But here's what Matthew 28 is all about. It's about teaching. Matthew 28 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, disciples, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And what? Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, healthy families, they don't just have a, a, a spiritual commitment to Christ. But the fear of the Lord, it literally informs every decision that they make. And the fear of the Lord compels me to teach and to train my children to obey the Lord. And so when I mess up as a father, me messing up and repenting and making it straight shows them how to be committed to the Lord. It's okay to make mistakes, guys, as parents, listen to me. We all make mistakes. It just don't stay there. It's use the mistake to learn. Use the mistake to share with your children. But be, have a commitment to teaching your kids to obey the Lord. And that's not just our natural kids. All of you are spiritual mothers and fathers in this house. I don't care if you're 13 or 15 or you're 90. Each of us have a responsibility to disciple and to train and to teach people how to obey the Lord. Even when your flesh doesn't want to. Right? So my question to you is, as the Spirit of God is here right now, I want to ask you, what is the dysfunction in this area for your family? Each of these three points that I'm going to make, I'm going to, I really believe that the Spirit of God is going to convict and challenge each of us in areas. How are you doing? What dysfunction are you dealing with with your family when it comes to a spiritual commitment where the fear of the Lord is informing every decision you make with your family. How well are you doing at teaching your children the fear of the Lord? How are you doing at teaching them the Word of God? How are you doing at teaching them how to study the Word of God? In their, in their whatever setting it is, picture Bible to, you know, uh, big person. <laughs> how are you doing? 
What is God wanting to do? See, I believe God's wanting to raise up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God in this next generation. We have amazing things that are going on right now back there with all the children. We have an amazing children's ministry. But can you imagine that ministry connecting to ministry at home? What could happen just in the next generation of young ones? What could happen if we partner together in raising our children? What could it be? And I'm not here to guilt you, but we know the saying, a family that prays together. Are you teaching your kids how to pray? I'll never forget when I quit praying with my kids. Abraham, you remember that? He was always the one that still wanted me to come pray. But I transferred the responsibility of praying every night onto them. They didn't know I was doing it, but at some point in time, I'm not going to kneel beside your bed and call upon the name of Jesus for you and with you but I transferred that responsibility to them and they began to pray on their own do you remember it and what would you, what did you ask me will you come pray for me he still wanted me but fathering and mothering it's this thing where we 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 equip we teach we show them then we let them do it and pray for themselves and pray for others and then we release them And I made mistakes, just like you have. I didn't get everything that my children needed. Wow. But it's amazing how God puts other people in their path to help, help with that. And I praise God for the family of God, because the family of God came along and added to what I couldn't give. And that's what the beautiful thing about the family. Man, we have a beautiful family here. We really do. And yeah, it has some dysfunctions and it has some things where it's not working Optimus Prime yet. But God's doing something. So healthy families share a spiritual commitment. Healthy families share a spiritual commitment. The fear of God informs their decisions. And they teach their children to obey. Amen? So that's number one. Number two, it's a little longer and we're going to try to I may not get to three, but we're going to hit two, because two is huge. You ready? You ready for number two if you're taking notes? Number two, healthy families are attuned and care for the needs of others in the family. Healthy families care. Everybody say the word care. Healthy families pay attention to the needs in their family. They put others first and discover each other's love language. They, they literally are attuned to the needs in their natural family, but they're also in tune to the needs of their church family. How do you think as a nation we do at caring? How do you think we do as a church about caring? Do you realize everyone in this room needs love? Yeah. 
They need acceptance. They need belonging. They need their uniqueness celebrated. They need safety and security. They need emotional support. They need consistency in relationships. I believe this area is huge because families have become so busy, they miss care. I'm going to say that again. People have become so busy, they miss, they don't see the care that is needed within their families. Moms and dads are so busy today in this culture that they miss seeing the needs of their children. I'll never forget it. I found it out way too late that one of my children were being bullied in fifth and sixth grade. I'll never forget after they were more of an adult and they told me it was going on. I was like heartbroken. Like, How did I miss that? How did I miss that? Anybody been there with that? And it's like I weeped and I cried in my prayer time. It's like, God, I, I didn't see that one. And I wondered why. Yeah, I can't go into details of that one. <clears throat> so we've all done it, right? Healthy families are attuned to the needs of others in the family. And compassion and care is what drives healthy families to communicate. They make regular time for face-to-face conversation. When your kids come home from school, put the phones up, the texting up, and have face-to-face communication. There's a lot going on at school that I didn't know. There's a lot of hurt going on at school that you don't know is going on. And if you get so busy and you're doing dishes and your child comes up to you and you don't give them the time of day, you've got to take time. Healthy families provide care. They're attuned to the care needs of their children. I think of this week, I mean, Angie was in the hospital. Deb was in the hospital. I mean, you know, Shannon, bless her heart, she's, she's struggling with a, with a brain tumor, and she's here today, and God's setting her free. I believe God's touching her. But there's so many needs in the church, and how many of those needs go unmet? Because people are so busy. Anybody else been busy besides me? And the need is that we need to orient our lives. We need to decompress and we need to filter the things out that doesn't need to be in our lives. We don't need to waste time on face puke. We need to say, okay, who could I actually reach out to? Who could I actually call on the phone and say, hey, you've been on my mind today. I'll never forget one of the days I was out at the Welcome Center. And uh, um, Exie Brewington came up to me. Bless her heart. She's here. Hi, Exie. I love you. I'm not trying to point you out. Please don't let me embarrass you. But I'll never forget it. She came up to me and she said, man, how's Gary Tower doing? Gary Tower was on her heart. And I, pre- and I said, Exie, thank you for him being on your heart. Will you please call him? Will you reach out to him? Will you pray for him? And, I, and, and, and that's what the body of Christ should be doing. Can I have an Amen. That's what the body of Christ should be doing. That's what we should be doing with our own children. When your kids come home and you know they're angry, they're angry for a reason. Find out what they're angry for. Get, connect with your children. Can I have an amen on that? Okay. Wow. Here's another thing that healthy families do in the context of caring. 
Healthy families ask powerful questions and they seek to know the needs of each other. Sunday morning is not a great time to find out the needs of the people in the church. When they walk through the galley of love and everybody's saying hi to them, how you doing? Good, how are you? Great, hey, good to see you. Ah, love you, man. Good to see you. How many go, oh, uh, just wrecked the car last night and dog got shot and this and that and then then the dog got back and then this and that and you know it's like an old country song you know my wife and dog left me all in one week nobody to blame but me the old Heath Hall song, boom, despair, agony on me, whoa. That's an old one. Now I'm showing my age. You young ones won't have a clue what I'm talking about. I'm making light of it, but it's really a serious issue with our families and with our church family. Is there are needs that our children moms and dads have that we need to ask powerful questions and seek to know the needs of each other when talking here's what i i, I want to encourage you as parents when talking healthy families attune and listen well you can't be doing three different things and expect to listen well you can't be doing dishes and your daughter comes up to you and you keep doing dishes and I'm the dab dab dab. You can't be a wife at home and she wants to talk to her husband and he's watching TV or he's playing video games. Yeah, dog, huh, I can multitask, no problem. What you talking about? Yep, yep, sure. You know, healthy families listen. Healthy families take the time to shut the TV off. They shut things down and they listen to one another. And they seek to know, they seek to understand, they seek to find out, why are you so upset? They don't shut down the emotions. They don't shut it down and, and shame each other. They're not lazy listeners who assume they already know where the other person is going in the conversation. Now, I've been with my wife 32 years. I have a pretty good idea where she's going. Actually, a really good idea <laughs> of where she's going. But if I don't stop and listen, it's like yesterday. <laughs> Boy, you're getting picked on a lot today, Abraham. <laughs> you shouldn't sit in the front row. I see it too much. <laughs> and these things just keep coming up, these rabbit trails. <laughs> Sorry. But yesterday, he was detailing the vehicle. And what I love about my son is he's excited about everything. He has so much joy and excitement inside of his life. I mean, he is just a joy giver. He really is. And he was doing this Camaro that was bad to the bone. <laughs> bad to the bone. No, 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 no. Anyway, <laughs> off track. Sorry, bring me back. <laughs> a bird. <laughs> and... He had a need for me to appreciate what he had done. And I was studying. I was, I was doing an online class. And I was doing some stuff. And it's like, I will be out in a little bit. 
And you know what? How many parents would have forgotten and not went out there? But I went out there and I was like, man, that is a bad to the bone car. Yes. And you are making it look. You know, but you, he had a need to be appreciated, a need to, to you know, and, and I picked up on that. So there's a need to celebrate. It's not always bad needs. You follow what I'm saying? It's not just a bad thing that has to happen. It's like when somebody celebrates, we all celebrate. When we mourn, we all mourn with each other. So in the family, it's exciting things and it's bad things. But we, we have to be attuned to what our kids need. Can I have an amen on that? So, well, enough of that. But here's a scripture that backs up what I'm saying. And actually, I got all this information from. <laughs> okay. Philippians 2, 1 through 4, if you want to write that down. We're going to read it in the NIV, and we're also going to read it in the, in the message, because I think it really does us really good. So, it's there for a reason. So when you see therefore, you know it's there for a reason. Okay? Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, is anybody united with Christ? Have you given your heart to Christ? Amen. If any comfort from his love, has anybody felt his love today? If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. How are you doing with that? Where is your tenderness and your compassion with your children when you're about ready to pull your hair out? Or you have no hair because you've already pulled it out? The word tenderness there means to treat with care and delicate. How are you doing with that? Compassion means deep sympathy for another accompanied by a strong desire to help. So not only do I have compa compassion, if I'm going to have, be, have true compassion that comes from Christ, not only do I have a deep sorrow or concern for the difficulty that somebody's going through, but there is a compassion in me that compels me to do something to help. So if somebody's in the hospital, there's a deep con compassion that rises up where I want to help. I want to do something. I want to mow their lawn while they're in, in the hospital. I want to I get food to them. I if my, my children, if, if they're struggling at school, I have a deep compassion where I want to help them through what they're going through. Healthy families do that. In humility, we have to value others above ourselves. And that is really hard in our culture. That's going upstream to be more concerned about others than we are ourselves. Can I have an amen on that? Because right now, our culture is it's like a tsunami that is rushing against us as believers to make it all about, I could call this message selfies. <laughs> the enemy wants to make it all about us, right? I'm going to give you an example. I... I um, I'm not going to put any names to it. They don't go to this church. But I was, when you're talking about not caring for one another, my mom and dad currently are in Florida. They've been there for the whole month of February. And there was a couple down there 
and the, the guy's brother died. And he's down there for the whole winter, and his brother dies. And so he's going to the, you know, online to see what it would cost to fly back to his home to go to his brother's funeral. And when he found out the price of the ticket, he didn't go to his brother's funeral. I said, that, dang, that's, that's dysfunction. That you would put your, the needs of yourself over the needs of your mother, your brothers and sisters, and, the, and the, what's going on in the family, because it was a sudden death. It wasn't an expected death. And I was sitting here going, dang, that's dysfunction. <laughs> and it's in, our, it's in our culture thick. But tenderness and compassion is this thing. And if we can get this as a church, I'm telling you, they'll flock to this house. They will flock to this house when they see us loving this kind of way. When they see you love your children that way, and they see you doing these kind of things, healthy families do these kind of things. When they see you doing these kind of things, you won't be able to keep them out of the door. They're going to say, I want what you got. But it requires great humility. If we look at the Message Bible, I think it even says it more interestingly. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit, in order a church, means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor, agree with each other, love each other, be deeply spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Isn't that pretty cool? Well, in the other translation, just back when it says on the bottom there, looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. What do you think that word interest means? I looked it up in the, uh, in the, the Greek word. What do you think interest means? These are the words that it means. Others' circumstances. Others' needs. Their cause. So if they have a cause, they're doing something for God or doing, they have a cause that they're working for, that you're putting their cause above your own cause. Their condition, their experiences. That you're putting their, their situation above your own. How are you doing at that? Holy Spirit, would you convict our hearts? Healthy families are tuned and care about the needs in their family. My question today is, if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to tug on your heart, how are you doing with putting the needs of others before your own? When's the last time you served somebody in your family? your children, or your extended family? When's the last time you did something for them? When's the last time you did something for someone in this church? I know if I had everybody raise their hand up and there'd be plenty of hands to go, nobody does anything for me. But the issue is, is what are you doing for others? Actually, you're supposed to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Complaining about not getting it means you're not giving it. 
Because what I see in my Bible, you reap what you sow. In my Bible, it says if I do these kind of things, it actually comes back to me, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be poured into my lap. And so if I give care to my kids and I give care to others, I know I'll receive it back. That's what the word says, right? So how are you doing with that? What dysfunction is God wanting to change with you concerning caring for others? Maybe you've been a little selfish. Maybe you've been a little distracted. Maybe you've been too busy. Maybe you need to realign some things in your life. Maybe you need to repent. Healthy families care for the needs of others. One of the ways we do that is our connect groups. And I love our connect groups. I'll never forget when Sandy had to go all the way to Texas and her help, her connect group helped her. I'll never forget when Gary and Deb were going through the trial that they were going through and their connect group for providing care, mowed their yard. And we've got to grow a lot as a church because I say our level of care actually has been wrapped around uh, people believing that I, as the pastor of this church, should care for all the needs of the church. And as Tom shared earlier, that's an orphanage, not a family. But when a family starts caring for each other in the house of God, it actually means that you guys start caring for the person that's beside you right now. That you, in the church, you begin to look at the needs in the house or the people that are missing, and you start noticing the people that are missing, and you go, oh man, I wonder what's going on with their life. And we're changing that culture. We're in the midst of changing that culture right now. And it's been very, very painful for me. I will say it's been very painful for me because I hate seeing people's needs. I hate seeing that they're not being met because I've always tried to help make, you know, what I'm saying, you know, you know you've, you've seen me. I try to be at everything. I try to do, you know, it's just, not, it's impossible. But I realize that our care in our church is low because the care in our homes is low. But healthy families take care of the needs of others in their house and in their church. And can I say we are a family? Amen? We are a family. And so I really want to challenge us to an action step. I really want to encourage you this week. I'm going to land the plane since it's getting late. I won't get to the third one. I might give you a little sneak preview. I want to challenge you um, to reach out to one of your family members who's hurting, who may have a need, and they may not even let you in the door. They may not even let you go there. But would you reach out to one of your family members in your family and make a choice to meet a need, to love on them, 
to ask powerful questions, to probe and say, man, how can I help you, sis? What are you going through? And I also want to ask you to do one other thing. Reach out to somebody in this house. Reach out to somebody you know is going through a trial. All you got to do is watch the prayer chain. All you got to do is watch the prayer chain, and you know what's going on in people's lives. If you don't have a number, call Connie, our secretary. She'll make sure you get a number. But as I review this, and I look at the healthy family share, a spiritual commitment, the fear of the Lord is what informs their decisions. What step do you need to take in raising your kids and being, seeking God on what you need to do to correct some dysfunction in your family with the word of God and and being committed to God spiritually in your home. There's dysfunction there. What action step can you take? What's the Spirit of God asking you to deal with? What is God asking you to do with in, in, in order to show care to other people in your house? Who is it going to be that you're going to reach out to in the church family and in also your home family? And allow the Spirit of God to deal with your heart. Because I'm telling you, there is a pull in our culture to be unhealthy. There is a pull in our, our culture to, to keep you busy so that these things don't take place. Healthy families are spiritually committed to Christ. Healthy families, I promise you, promise you, are attuned to the needs of those in their family. And I'm going to talk about in two weeks, because Shrek's going to be here next Sunday, but in two weeks I'm going to talk about how healthy families <laughs> allow for emotions. <laughs> I'm going to talk about how that healthy families encourage emotions. And I'm going to talk about how healthy families also resolve conflict. I think of the story, and I'll share it briefly here just to kind of give you a, an idea of next week and next time. There was a situation in my life where my father, I'll just share it for next, I'll just wait. Nope. Lord, check me on that. So stand up with me, if you will. I didn't get as far as I thought. But that's okay. Hopefully you've taken some notes and hopefully the Spirit of God has convicted you on some things. But I just want to pray right now and I want you to inventory yourself before the Lord. I want you to bow your head right now and I want you to just say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for I have not laid spiritual foundations in my children where I've not taught them to obey you, where I have not taught them what you, I need to teach them. Father, forgive me. Just tell him. Just tell him where you're at. Maybe you've been convicted about 
spiritually mothering and fathering you know people in this house and maybe you've not been doing it at all maybe you've not been a part of that just give that to the Lord this morning just just surrender that to Christ but as you repent and as you turn from it then there is grace to come and help you to restore what has been taken and so God will give you the grace to overcome that dysfunction and yield to the Lord with it. And so the second thing is what area is the Lord wanting to deal with you on expressing care to others? Who's he wanting you to reach out? What is he wanting to correct in your heart? Maybe you've been too busy. And maybe God is saying, will you give me your time. And then we go back to the very first one I talked about. The fear of the Lord is what informs your decisions. The reverence of God. And then you begin to change your patterns based upon the conviction of the Spirit of God in your life. Holy Spirit, deal with our hearts. Father, you've placed several things in my own heart on what I need to do. Lord, I thank you for, giving, for forgiving us and washing us and purifying us. But Father, I thank you that you are giving us a grace to overcome the dysfunctions of our families. I thank you that you're warning us that you're not going to tolerate the dysfunction of our relationships any longer. Father, we say yes, we hear you, and we repent of the dysfunction in our relationships. And Lord, we're coming after you. We're coming after your ways. We're coming after what you want. We're saying yes to you, God. We're saying we want and desire to do things your way, God. So, Father, I thank you for healing relationships. I thank you for breaking off fear today. I thank you for setting us free as captives. But, Father, I thank you that, <laughs> that there are great things that you have for the families in this house. Lord, thank you for your grace. And thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen.